Shalom and welcome to the Jewish mind, where the growth of modernity meets the timeless wisdom and solutions of Judaism. They tell a story of a very pious priest who after he died and reached the pearly gates, he was greeted by Archangel Michael and told that because the priest lived a righteous life, he would be allowed to view the original transcript of the Bible. The priest was led to the heavenly chamber in which the original transcript of the Bible was held and there he was left alone to review it. After a few hours, suddenly shouts of shock was heard from the chamber and all that the angels could make out were the words, there's an R. It took about 20 minutes for the priest to return to calmness before he could explain himself. Softly, with downcast eyes, the priest said, there's an R. The word is celebrate and not celibate. Research taught me that there were practical preservation reasons as to why the Catholic Church mandates that its keepers remain without financial and power conflicts of interest through celibacy. Yet, in the Jewish religion, a rabbi is mandated to get married and many positions cannot be held if a rabbi is not married. Even the high priest on the holiest day of the year, Yom Kippur, Day of Atonement, cannot function as high priest if he is not married. This law is taken so seriously that a potential wife is set aside for the high priest on Yom Kippur, just in case the high priest's original wife were to die in the middle of the Yom Kippur day. Additionally, until this very day, the Shulchan Aruch, Code of Jewish law states that a community is to choose as its cantor for the high holiday services a married man with children, for such an individual understands, needs, and prays with a humble heart. So, which is the godly way? For a spiritual person to practice celibacy and abstinence of his physical needs, or to engage in physical needs and even in physical prosperity? The Talmud speaks of both the wealthiest sage Rabbi Yehuda the Prince and of the poorest sage Hillel with great reverence. Thus, obviously, there is more than one path to truth. Additionally, the Talmud speaks of two opinions concerning the great Ben-Azai who said, But what should I do that my soul desires Torah study? One opinion is that he was married but then divorced, while another opinion is that he never got married. Thus, in the world of Torah, and especially of the esoteric teachings of Torah, there are unique paths for unique souls. However, which is the path that the average person, the majority of people, should choose for himself? In this lecture, based upon the Rebbe's mystical insights on the verse, May God, our God, be with us as He was with our fathers. We are going to explore the broad highway upon which we are meant to walk with God. This lecture will demand of us to let go of our man-made perceptions of spirituality and humility and to embrace God's definition of purpose, spirituality, and humility. Here is a list of introductions that will be necessary to explore before we find ourselves journeying happily on the broad highway, walking with God hand in hand. 1. The difference between God's ineffable tetragrammaton and God's name of Elohim. 2. The war of twins in Rebecca's womb. 3. The difference between the spiritual service of wisdom, understanding, love and awe and the physical service of refinement and elevation. 
for the Hallel dialogue between the nations of the world and the Jewish people. Lastly, five, the difference of pre-receiving the Torah and post-receiving the Torah. The verse we are focusing on today is not a verse in this week's Torah or Haftorah readings. Rather, this verse has to do with what happened this week in the year 1927 in Stalin's Russia. On the 15th day of the Jewish calendar month of Sivan, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak of Lubavitch was arrested for his underground religious work of opening Chedarim, Jewish schools for children, mikvot, ritual baths, supplying shochtim, people who would slaughter and prepare the meat in accordance with Jewish law, and supplying rabbanim, rabbis, to lead the communities, which were all considered counter-communism. Rabbi Yosef Yitzchok had his original death sentence changed to an exile sentence to the city of Kastroma on the third day of the Jewish calendar month of Tammuz, and then was notified of his complete liberation on his birthday, the 12th of Tammuz, and was released on the 13th of Tammuz, which coincides this year with July 6th and 7th, 2017. Rabbi Yosef Yitzchok wrote a diary, which is printed in English, Hebrew, and Russian, I will share one episode told in the diary. At one of the interrogations, there they brought testimonies of different rabbis who had capitulated to the Stalin regime, and the interrogator was now questioning the Rebbe. The Rebbe replied, There was not yet born, nor will there ever be born, a man who will remove me from my religious principles. Angered, the interrogator took out his gun and told the Rebbe, This gun has freed many people of their principles, opened mouths, and even turned mutes into talking people. To which the Rebbe responded, That toy only affects those who have one world and many gods. I have but one god and two worlds, and thus this toy does not intimidate me. On the 3rd of Tammuz, when the Rebbe was released from prison to go to the city of exile, Rabbi Yosef Yitzchak delivered a discourse on the verse, May God our God be with us as He was with our forefathers. Let Him not leave us nor forsake us. Translating it first as a prayer and then as a promise and delving into its mystical meanings. In 1966, on this Shabbat, just after celebrating the holidays of the 12th and 13th of Tammuz, of that year, the Rebbe delivered a discourse based on his predecessor's discourse of 1927 and on the discourse of the first Chabad Rebbe, Rabbi Schneer Zalman of Liadi. It is through the discourse of 1966 that we will explore the concept of celibate or celebrate. In the English translation of the verse, I said, God, our God, using the same terminology for God both times. However, in the original Hebrew text, two different names are used. The first name used is the ineffable tetragrammaton, which simply means the unspoken four-letter name of God. We pronounce it today as Amonai, and I purposely misplaced a M instead of a D, Amonai, as to not say God's name outside of a prayer or blessing. The second name used in the verse is Elokeinu, and here too I misplaced a K instead of a hey for the same reason. So the Hebrew text reads, Yehi Amonai Olakenu Imanu, may Amonai Olakenu be with us. 
What is the secret behind these two different names? Making the secret behind these two names even more important to understand is the mystical interpretation that speaks of May Elokeinu be as Ammonai for us. We shall soon see that Elokeinu is much lower than Ammonai, and yet Elokeinu with the suffix nu at the end, Elokeinu, which in Hebrew means our possessive, is the name of God that we truly digest within us. Thus our prayer is that Elokeinu name be transparent, united, and equal with the Ammonai name of God. So what does Ammonai name and the Elokeinu name each represent? This, in Psalms the verse reads, For a sun and a shield is God, Ammonai, God, Elohim. So for a sun and a shield is Ammonai, Elohim. From here, Kabbalah and Hasidus extrapolate that just as God has placed the sun in a shield to protect the world from the sun's too powerful radiance, so too has God placed the light of the ineffable tetragrammaton into the shield of Elohim in order to protect the world from its too powerful infinite light. Thus, the teaching goes on to explain that the numerical value of the name Elohim, 86, is equal to the word Hateva, which means the nature, showing us that the name Elohim is the finite light as it manifests itself into the cause and effect finite evolution of Mother Nature. I often choose to give the metaphor that Elohim, Mother Nature, is the glove on God's hand, Amonai, infinite light. A simple understanding of the depths of these two names is that Elohim represents the body and the physical realm of the world, while Ammonai represents the soul and the spiritual realm of the world. Thus we can now appreciate the prayer, May Elokeinu be as Ammonai for us, in which we are praying that our body and the physical realm be transparent, united, and equally illuminated as our soul and the spiritual reality of the world. Let us now take a look into the war that took place between the two twins in Rebecca's womb. After 10 years of praying and waiting, Rebecca becomes pregnant. And the verse tells us, And the children struggled within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I like this? And she went to inquire of God. Our sages explained to us what the children struggled within her was all about. I quote to you the teaching. They were struggling with each other and quarreling about the inheritance of the two worlds. What we are going to explore here is that the ultimate war of the two twins, Esau and Jacob, was based on the two names of Elokeinu and Ammonai. And therefore, Esau was saying, that Jacob the Jew can only inherit the spiritual world and cannot inherit a physical country in this world. Jacob belongs to Ammonai and therefore must remain spiritual with total abstinence from the physical world. Jacob in turn argued that while Elokeinu's paradigm of spirituality is that it must live in celibacy and abstinence of the physical, however in Ammonai's paradigm both spiritual and physical are equally inferior. And thus the same way that one can spiritually serve and connect with God, so too can he physically serve and connect with God.
I am going to save the third and fourth introduction for the body of the lecture and skip over to the introduction number five. Esau did have a point. It was as Esau claimed prior to the Mount Sinai revelation in which, and God descended upon Mount Sinai. God commanded Moses to ascend upon the mountain, and God gave us the Torah from heaven to be physically understood and its commandments physically observed. The reason why God's presence descended upon the mountain and why God commanded Moses to ascend up the mountain is because prior to that moment there was a heavenly decree that separated the spiritual from the physical. Abstinence was the only spiritual way and for this reason all our patriarchs became shepherds, detached from physical indulgence, free to meditate and pray. It was only on the sixth day of the month of Sivan in the year 2448 from creation that God broke the decree of separation and God himself blazed the way, bringing the full measure of God's spiritual presence onto the burning and smoking physical Mount Sinai amidst lightning and thunder. God not only wanted that spirituality have the right of way into the physical, but that the physical be the impetus and consisting cause of this right of way. And thus, God commanded the physical human Moses to ascend to the top of the mountain and enter into the cloud of God's presence. So yes, Prior to that day, Esau waged a war against Jacob and the Jewish nation having any physical inheritance if they were to be chosen to be a spiritual people of God. In strong fashion, the offspring of Esau's paradigm still continued to wage a war against the notion of a Jewish state and carry a strong resentment for all of the Jewish developments and leadership roles in the physical world of medicine, agriculture, technology, etc. Let us now dive into the Rebbe's exploration of the verse, May God, our God, be with us as He was with our forefathers. Let Him not leave us nor forsake us. The holiday prayer called Hallel is from the book of Psalms, chapters 113 through 118. Mystically speaking, there is an entire dialogue taking place between the nations of the world and the Jewish people in this prayer. Precisely based on the war between Esau and Jacob while in Rebekah's womb. Let us explore this dialogue through certain selected verses. Verse number one. Why should the nation say, Where is your God now? But our God is in heaven. Whatever he wishes, he does. The nations of the world ask the Jewish people a question, Where is your God? To which the Jewish people answer, But our God is in heaven. Yet, nevertheless, whatever he wishes, he does in heaven and upon earth. God is high over all nations. Upon the heavens is his glory. What's this verse saying? The nations of the world disagree and say that Elohim is what rules over earth. God, Amonai, is high over all nations and only upon heavens is his glory. Next verse. Who is like God, Amonai, our God, Elokeinu, who dwells on high, who lowers his eyes to look in the heavens and the earth? 
The Jewish people respond to the nations of the world that they are mistaking. Who is like Amonai Elokeinu who dwells on high? It is precisely because God dwells on high, the ultimate high, that for God, heaven and earth are of equal quantum distance and for this reason God must lower his eyes equally in order to look into both in the heavens and the earth. What lies behind this argument is that the nations of the world agree and accept that one can serve God and connect to God through the spirituality of wisdom understanding and their offspring of love and awe. Thus, the nations of the world had no issues with our fathers, the servants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who lived a life of physical abstinence, devoted to spirituality. So do the nations have no issue with the metaphysical dimension of our fathers, which refer to the intellects of wisdom and understanding, as they produce only the spiritual offspring of feelings, love, and awe. This is the service that the nations of the world can comprehend as being spiritual service and of being godly. And it is precisely this that the nations of the world are saying, as they keep on referring to a God only being in heaven. However, there is another whole world of service to God, which is called the service of Birurim. This service is specifically focused on the physical objects to connect with, refine, and elevate the spark within them. This is a primary mystical focus in the service of mitzvot observance, which must always be performed with physical objects. So much so that Hasidus teaches us, quote, God gives a Jew physical ab abundance for the purpose of, and the Jew transforms it to spirituality. Let us be more specific about this. The ending of the verse I quoted was, whatever he wishes he does. The word wishes represents the spiritual dimension of the supernal crown, which is the infinite encompassing supernal will. The word crown in Hebrew, keter, has the numerical value of 620. The Torah gives us 613 precepts, 248 do's and 365 don'ts. And the sages established seven rabbinical ordinances, which equals 620. In Kabbalah, we refer to this as the 620 beams of light. The mystical reason as to why we refer to the mitzvot as beams, beams of light, is that just as the job of a beam is to connect the roof with the floor, so too the job of mitzvot is to connect the supernal crown with the physical world, the beam that connects the top to the bottom. Thus the Jewish people are answering the nations of the world that the nations are stuck within their spiritual source of Elokeinu, and for them, Ammonai is only in the heavens, and service to God can only be through the spiritual abstinence, which breeds the spiritual meditations of wisdom and understanding, and the spiritual feelings of love and awe. The Jewish people, however, at Mount Sinai were given by God, the first opening words of the first commandment, Anochi Hashem Elokecha, I am Ammonai, your God in which we receive the supernal crown, I am, which now made Amonai our Elohim, 
And this opened the gateway to us receiving all the physical mitzvot with which to physically serve and connect with God. In closing, let us return to our opening question. Does God want us celibate or does God want us to physically celebrate? To answer this, let us see how the Hallel concludes the debate between the nations of the world and the Jewish people. The verse says, Their idols are silver and gold, the handiwork of man. The Hebrew word in this verse for their idols is quite unusual. It is atzabehem, which also translates as the word atzvut, depression. Thus, the verse is telling us that silver and gold is a cause of spiritual depression for the nations of the world. The nations of the world see wealth and any physical abundance as an evil which ultimately robs one of their spirituality. Only celibacy and abstinence can open the gateways to spirituality. The Jewish people are not spiritually depressed by silver and gold. Judaism does not see wealth as an embodiment of evil, nor does Judaism see poverty as a, spa, as a path to spirituality and piety. The Jewish people see wealth as an opportunity to being able to give charity, and charity is the strongest beam of light which connects heaven and earth. Now we can understand the Jewish people's prayer followed by God's promise. May God our God be with us as he was with our forefathers. Let him not leave us nor forsake us. With us refers to the post-receiving of the Torah's service of Berurim through observing the physical mitzvot. With our fathers refers to the pre-receiving of the Torah's spiritual service of wisdom and understanding, love and awe. The Jew knows the temptation of physical abundance, pulling the person into an egotistical passion and overindulgence. Thus he prays to God that God be with him in his physical service of engagement, just as God is with him in his spiritual service of abstinence in meditation and feelings. In response to this prayer for humility and purity, God promises the person, God, our God, will be with us as he was with our forefathers. He will not leave us nor forsake us. My friends, the answer is that God wants us to physically celebrate in service to him and not to be celibate. The soul was celibate of all physical engagement in heaven before she descended into this world and into her body with a physical mission. In the here and the now of our physical life, we are to celebrate the opportunities of building beams of light in God's garden of delight. Friends, modernity offers growth and growth comes with challenges. Judaism offers timeless divine solutions. Here at the platform of the Jewish mind is where modernity meets Judaism.